Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. I think you have to go back to your identity mm-hmm. and, and who God's made you to be and own that no matter what anybody else is doing. Like put up your blinders and really mm-hmm. focus on you and your business. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Evie and I are like the absolute perfect example of this because we were both photographers mm-hmm. serving a very similar. You could argue that we were like the same as mm-hmm. I mean, our personalities we were probably are very similar. Like direct competition mm-hmm. from right. an w- outward perspective. Mm-hmm. Outward perspective, there was no other competitor to me than Evelyn Ruff. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Welcome to She. Hello. Thanks for having us. This I, is so fun. I am so thrilled to have you guys. I It's so funny. I feel like we've been talking about doing this for like a year. So it is a long overdue <laughs> interview, but we are here finally. <laughs> we talk Hallelujah. so much like outside of podcasts and it's just hard to like get everyone at the same time to record, but we're here and I'm so thankful just to have you. I think this is going to be a really insightful and, and, and valuable conversation because I know probably a lot of listeners have seen us be friends online or, you know, be at conferences together or share each other's stuff or, you know, all of the above. But they haven't really got to listen into a whole lot of conversations of ours. And I think this is something that is important to talk about. But before we dig into all that we're going to talk about today, especially kind of around owning your faith in the professional and business space and all of that, I'd love if you can just each share a little of your background and what led you to creating the Heart University and doing what you do now to help entrepreneurs. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll go first. So this is Lindsay. I am one half of the heart with (laughs) Evie. And my journey kind of started, uh, I would say, I always grew up wanting to do art of some form Mm -hmm. and storytell. And that kind of manifested itself originally, I guess, in acting. Mm -hmm. I really loved acting. I loved theater. And I majored in that. And then I had this like side hobby of taking photos. And so as I graduated college, I just floundered as one does, I feel like when (laughs) they graduate college Mm -hmm. and they're like, what do I do? And so I interned with my church for about a year. And in that year, I kind of started playing around with my camera and realized, oh, wait, I actually love the art of photography and really taking people's stories you know, the storytelling aspect of that and actually turning it into art in in that way. So I started my photography business and I I can just see like how God used talents and giftings that I naturally had and just like compounded it. I don't even know if that's the word I'm trying to say, but uh, yeah, basically I started my photography business and 
that started to grow. Uh, we moved to Hawaii as my business started to grow. And so it, it became really successful there. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of journeyed into people asking, hey, how are you doing this? You seem to be really successful at it. I started doing mentor sessions. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, as I started doing mentor sessions, I realized, oh, wait, I actually really, really love educating other people on photography. And mm-hmm. then even as I did, dived into that, I was like, oh, actually I love business. Mm-hmm. And I'd even say like, when I first started my photography business, I took like a social media marketing Instagram course. Mm-hmm. I took like, I was like almost, I think loving the business almost maybe more than the photography, which mm-hmm. makes so much sense now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I was in that journey and then Evie called me and we can back up to her story of how she got there. But she called me and was like, hey, do you want to open a photography workshop? And that's how the heart began. So I'll let Evie take it from here. (laughs) Yes. So my journey was somewhat similar. I feel like Lindsay and I really had like a a background that was similar in both loving, you know, storytelling and, you know, creating some sort of art. So I kind of got into photography when I was in early high school it was just a hobby. I was really passionate about perfecting that art, but never really saw it as a career. My, mm-hmm. my plan was to go into politics, which is hilarious now looking <laughs> at the complete plot twist that my life took. I think um, all of us take some sort of plot twist at some point. <laughs> it's like, oh, yes, this yes, is not we're, we're I like, this is the plan. <laughs> yeah. And it totally pivots. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, you know, was just having this like hobby side business. I shot like a, a couple weddings a year, a few, you know, couple sessions here and there and, mm-hmm. and enjoyed it. I definitely had like, you know, an LLC set up and everything, but it, it just wasn't my full career plan. And then God took me into a season of just basically stripping away everything that I had thought was my mm-hmm. future. And it it forced me to just kind of turn to him and be like, wait, well, what do you want me to do then? Mm-hmm. And it was photography was just what was in front of me. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know what else to do. So I'm just going to be faithful with what's currently in front of me and the, you know, two or three clients that I have in mm-hmm. front of me. And, and that I just gave my all to that. And then it just exploded within like a year. It was like a six figure, you know, worldwide photography business. And I was like, okay, this is clearly what God had for me. Mm-hmm. And from there, my story is very similar with Lindsay's where I started getting all these questions of how have you grown so fast? How mm-hmm. have you built this business? How have you started marketing yourself to destination weddings and elopements? You know, all these questions. And I realized as I was getting them, I was knowing the answers and I knew how to help people, you know, take those big steps, people who had been in photography for years and weren't seeing that type of growth. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, try ABC. They mm-hmm. would try it and they would see those, those immediate push through results. So with that, Lindsay and I met on Instagram at this point in time, I believe this was like 2017, 20, early, early 2018. And we had met on Instagram back in like 20, like 2013. It was like years. It was like, we'd been friends on Instagram for like four, five like, years at that point. Lame visco girls, like trying to be cool on Instagram. <laughs> you know, like, like, like yes. that age. Like, yes. Yes. The visco so, era. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. You know, the vibes, mm-hmm. the latte art photos. Uh-huh. Anyways, Lindsay and I had been friends on there. We'd really, you know, grown to appreciate each other through the app. And then we'd met once in person where she'd done a photo shoot of uh, me and my boyfriend at the time, my now husband. And so we'd only met once. And then I think it was that we met that like March or April. And then that August, I FaceTimed her and was like, hey, I want to do a photography workshop and I want to do it with you. Mm. And that started the heart workshop, which then turned into us selling out within, you know, minutes, like Mm -hmm. 15, 10 minutes of these like 25, 20 person uh, photography workshops. We sold out uh, five or six of them 
and within like a couple of years, and it was just the demand, our wait list grew to about 10,000 girls wanting to get into these workshops. And we knew we didn't have the capacity as full-time photographers mm. and, you know, business educators to really be able to serve 10,000 girls when our, our workshops were very intimate with like mm-hmm. 20 to 25. And we wanted to keep it that way. So that's when we began thinking towards online courses. And then we, we created what, you know, our workshop curriculum was, turned it into an online course, launched that. That was a super successful, mm-hmm. you know, online launch from day one. Mm-hmm. And then we just, the Heart University kind of was birthed out of that and just began to grow and create resources and, you know, more online courses and a conference and a podcast and all of the things. But it started with two girls from the Midwest who wanted to help other photographers Mm -hmm. and barely knew each other. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And like, look at the friendship that has, you know, blossomed in all the lives that have been touched. I think, I think that's the thing, like so often we don't even realize what a small yes can lead to. And I just always want to encourage people who have like a spark of a dream or an idea in their heart, like don't be afraid to go for it because it may seem small or like, you know, you don't know what it's going to turn into, but I think that's the exciting part of it too, even though that seems scary. And to look at other people's stories and see like, wow, like they literally just sent a message and was like, do you want to do a workshop, you know, and to see how much that has turned into and what, how many years ago was that? Four years ago, maybe that you guys started? I was, well, she called me in 2017 and then our first workshop was in 2018. Okay. So, so the idea was birthed like five years ago and four years ago. I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, that's what I want someone to hear is like, imagine where you could be in five years. You know what I mean? Like if you just start now. And I think we, we get so caught up in like, what's it going to turn into? And I think if you get too wrapped around the axle, like you probably couldn't have imagined what it would have turned into. And probably some of it is aligned with what you would have hoped. And some of it's totally different, maybe better, maybe not as good as you thought, but in some areas, but like, it's, it may, it's turned into something incredible. And I just, I try to encourage people, like, if you just start now, it may seem small. You may have family and friends go, what are you doing? Like questioning, you know, everything you're doing. But if you just keep that mindset of like, imagine where I could be in five years, if I just take the next right step, you know, mm-hmm. I think that that's something that can be very motivating when it feels overwhelming to get started. Yes, oh, absolutely. So yeah. Well, and I think what stops so many people in that season is just fear of what people will think mm-hmm. of like looking like a fool of failing. And mm-hmm. it's like, if you just like push all of that down and say, Hey, I'm going to choose faith over fear mm-hmm. and do it anyway, even if it does fail, I'll learn so much. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, that's really what you have to push through in order mm-hmm. to even get to the place where you're like, Whoa, look at mm-hmm. what God did with my life or mm-hmm. look at what happened from that first step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's like God can't turn a parked car. So like the idea is if you're willing to say yes and put things in motion, like God will guide you and like guide your path into the right next thing. And I think we overthink that so much that we just are like, well, if I can't see the whole path laid out in front of me, I shouldn't do it, you know? And it's like, that's not how this works in any area of life. But I think especially when there feels like there's a risk, whether we're investing finances or time or energy or anything like that. But I agree with you. And, And I love that you touched on like just faith over fear. And I wanted to talk a little bit about faith, especially when it comes to kind of owning your faith and being confident in that in the professional or business space, especially if you're not quote unquote, like Christian business, like you're not trying to be plastering that in terms of like your genre, like you're not like, oh, I only serve Christians or whatever. But I think as a believer in business, I would be curious what your thoughts are on ways to incorporate your faith into the workplace or into your business and how you guys do that in a way that feels authentic and genuine and isn't like totally exclusive either. Yeah. Oh, we have so many thoughts. Um, so so many. <laughs> for us, you know, we are, we are big on personal branding. So, mm-hmm. so that's very, a, 
a very big part of kind of what I want to preface and everything mm-hmm. that I'm about to say, you know, we put ourselves very much into our brands, into our, our personal brands, our coaching brands, as mm-hmm. well as the Heart University is very like our mm-hmm. hearts are poured into that brand. So with that being said, you know, for us, the Lord is everything like mm-hmm. God and the Holy Spirit and, and Jesus is like center of our lives, of everything that we think, breathe, do, dream. And for us, it's a very natural out pouring and outflow Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to have those conversations come up, to share something on our stories or in a post or something Mm -hmm. that says, Hey, you know, I was feeling super stressed yesterday and the Lord reminded me of this verse or this truth or something like that. So from day one, Mm -hmm. Lindsay and I have always kind of infused that personal aspect within our personal brands. So it was a natural extension of us, of our lives, of our thoughts, of our lessons, of our growing, of our failures. Mm-hmm. Like it it naturally came out and we never, I don't feel like either one of us when we started our business, and Lindsay, you can, you know, correct this if this was different for you, but for me at least, and I'm pretty sure for Lindsay, we never thought consciously, oh, I want to you know, make God. I want to talk about God once a week. I want to have mm-hmm. him. It was never if, like, like he was a brand pillar. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yes. Like God, God has never been mm-hmm. a, a brand pillar of mm-hmm. ours. It's, it's like, I couldn't make a post on Instagram as a personal brand or like a story on Instagram mm-hmm. without having my face show up here and there. Like mm-hmm. if as a personal brand, I need to have my face a part of it. And to me, like, God is just as equivalent and like tied to me and my personal brand as Mm -hmm. my face is and my voice is. Mm -hmm. So it was never like a conscious, I want to be a minister through my Instagram page or in ministry or anything like that. It was more of just God is so central and critical and crucial in my everyday life, my thoughts, my journey, my dreams, my Mm -hmm. hopes, my failures, my everything that Mm -hmm. it's just kind of come out of that. So with that, you know, when people ask Lindsay and I the question of how, you know, do you incorporate the Lord into your business in a way that doesn't feel, mm-hmm. you know, preachy or put like you're putting other people off or mm-hmm. you're not being inclusive or welcoming to other people who might not believe the same. Mm-hmm. I just encourage people that, you know, I approach sharing the Lord on a business platform that, you know, isn't necessarily a Christian business Mm -hmm. from a very personal aspect. Mm -hmm. Like for me, I share it as God's taught me this. And I just want to encourage anyone else who is feeling, you know, unqualified today Mm -hmm. that you are qualified through him and he has called you and that has changed my life. And I hope that encourages someone else today. Mm -hmm. It's not like, I'm not trying to preach or say, you know, everyone else must believe this. It's more of this has changed my life and I want to share it with you just in case you also would like to hear it. And if not, that's okay. So I think it's a more like open-handed and personal approach. I come Mm -hmm. at everything from more of like a, this is what I believe and this has changed my life. And I just want to make sure anyone else who might be encouraged by this gets, you know, to kind of see into my journey versus being more like, this is only person who's welcome here is somebody who exactly Mm -hmm. agrees with this that I'm saying, and you won't ever get anything out of any of my posts if mm-hmm. you don't also fully agree with me. You know, mm-hmm. I try to keep it just more, this mm-hmm. is my heart and my journey, and I hope it, you know, encourages you in some way. Yeah, I, I love that you shared that because I think that what you touched on of like God isn't a brand pillar is so critical. I mean, especially as someone who, for me personally, I started off 
in the like Etsy play space and the wedding photography space, but I was also very open about my faith and it kind of like evolved into like publishing devotionals. And I had this season where I was doing a little bit more ministry focused type of work and it really burned me out to be honest, because there's a lot to that that gets really complicated and it's not even really what discipleship is. And it's not that online ministry or bigger ministry is bad by any means. I think there's a place and a time for it and it's beneficial, but I also think sometimes people, when it becomes their work, like when your faith becomes your job, it can really make us, it can make it really sticky to yeah. do that in an authentic and healthy way. And when it becomes a brand yeah. pillar or like a, a niche that you fit everything into, it, it can, it can start to get kind of toxic in some ways. And I think in the West, especially like the Western world, America, et cetera, like it's become a really trendy thing over the last several years. And again, while there's a lot of benefits to kind of the Christian entertainment world and all of that, and it it can be encouraging people, it also can be really, it can box you in, in terms of as a creator, but also be really exclusive and you can miss the opportunity to reach people you otherwise may not have reached. And I think that's, what's so cool about business and, and being able to, as a human show up unapologetically authentic in who you follow and what you believe and and your faith in the Lord without necessarily needing to brand everything around that or without having to put God as like a brand pillar. Cause he's not, he's like around and in and part of everything, you know, like you said with your face, like it's like your face isn't a brand pillar. It's just part of who you are, you know? And I think that's a really good way to describe it because I think a lot of Christians, especially Christian creatives get really hung up on this. And I, I think it's, it can actually be a lot simpler than we think. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, I also I also think as a believer, I, I don't think every single time we approach a career, mm-hmm. we have to go into like the Christian niche of it. Like if you're a singer, you don't have to be on the K-Love channel right. on the radio, right? <laughs> right? Or like if you're an mm-hmm. author, you don't have to write solely like for Christian audiences mm-hmm. alone. And so I think we took that approach especially when we, even with our photography businesses, our photography businesses weren't for Christians. Mm -hmm. We were just Christians who were photographers Mm -hmm. and glorifying the Lord within that. And then when we opened the heart, I remember we went back and forth on this, I think a little bit, Mm -hmm. I think more so when we were, not maybe when we were doing the photography workshops, but more when we were like kind of expanding it to be like a company. I think we had that conversation of like, do we want to speak Mm -hmm. just to like Christian business owners? Because that is a niche that, Mm -hmm. that could thrive. But we were like, no, we don't we don't want to like bubble ourselves into that because in order to actually impact the world and reach mm-hmm. the world for the Lord, I mean, like you said, it, it, Christian organizations and the mm-hmm. Christian niche of the world, like is very powerful. And it, I don't want to downplay that at all. Mm-hmm. But I think like when we are, are speaking to everybody, mm-hmm. but still boldly and authentically being ourselves and not shying away from who we are and allowing that to come into the company, Yes, we attract Christians, but we attract other people. And then in that moment, we have an opportunity. I mean, who knows the seeds that we could be planting just Mm -hmm. by like loving them and serving them for who they are. Yeah, totally. I know. I think that's the biggest thing. And that was kind of leading to my next question, which we touched on a little bit, but I think there's a lot of misconceptions around this, but I'm curious, like, is there a Christian way to run a business? Like, I I, want to know what your thoughts are on this, not just in the personal branding side, but even in how you run your business. And do you think you have to make faith or do you think it's important to decide if you're going to make faith like a niche, if you will, for your business? Kind of, we touched on that a little bit, but I want to dig into this because I have an opinion on it and I think you guys probably agree, but I want (laughs) to let you have the floor. So either one, I would love to hear your thoughts on, is there a way to run your business as a Christian? And two, do you think that in doing that, it needs to fit into like the Christian genre? Okay. So uh, yeah, so many freaking thoughts that (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm just like, okay, first of all, you don't have to run your 
business or you don't have to be in the Christian niche Mm -hmm. to run your business as a Christian. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're like, all three of us are shining examples of that. Mm -hmm. I would hope. Yeah. (laughs) But I feel like running your business as a Christian, like low key there, you, you could say you're a brick and mortar store. Mm -hmm. You could, yes, put like a Bible verse on the wall Mm -hmm. or, you know, like have an outward facing element of Christianity in your branding or in like your products or whatever. Yes. That is maybe a way to incorporate it. But I feel like more than that, it's just kind of going back to what Evie said of incorporating it into who you are Mm -hmm. and letting that flow through everything. Mm -hmm. It more so like in the ethics of how you run your business and the, the honor in which you treat your employees Mm -hmm. and your customers, like, I mean, it's, it's taking like Proverbs and pretty much applying it, honestly, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, like, let's just actually apply this. And honestly, I think if you follow the Bible, whether you're a Christian or not, you're going to be a a great business owner because Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just the principles work, whether you you believe them or like them or not. Yeah, Um, And so I think it's just like, it's praying over your employees or just for your employees. You don't Mm -hmm. even do it with them. Mm -hmm. It's, it's showing up and like treating every single customer, every single person that surrounds you with kindness. Mm-hmm. I feel like this even extends beyond business. I feel like this is just like a principle of life that, mm-hmm. that you can walk around and exude Christ without mm-hmm. being like, hi, do you know the Lord right. and Jesus? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I just feel like there is a, definitely a way to shine his light and, and like glorify him in your work, mm-hmm. just doing your work with excellence, honoring people, mm-hmm. being ethical mm-hmm. without being like, Hi, like Mm -hmm. putting a Bible verse in your email signature. (laughs) Right, right. And it's not that Mm -hmm. there's anything wrong with doing those things. And I think like you guys said, like, it's not like you're not vocal about it. Like, I think there's, I think it's really like, it's both and, you know, and I think so often Christians want to operate in extremes either. It's like, well, my faith is private and it's only for me and I should not share it. Like I shouldn't be public and bring that into business because that can just make things icky and you shouldn't bring religion, if you will, into business, right? And then there's also the mindset of like, I'm a Christian, so it needs to be a Christian business. And I, and I serve yeah. Christians and like, that's it. I'm like the Chick-fil-A of the internet. And well, that's actually a really bad example because Chick-fil-A serves everyone. So forget that. Anyway, so point being though, like, I think there's these two extremes. And in reality, I think it can be kind of both in the sense that, like you said, Lindsay, like you don't necessarily have to be plastering that everywhere for it to influence the way you run your business with integrity, the way you treat people, the way you, you know, lead your employees, the things that you equip your employees with, like all of that. But at the same time, it's not that you're not ever vocal about it. It's not like you have to like, you know, only live it by example. It's like, it should be both. You should be able to be bold about what God's teaching you or open about who you are and what you value because you're going to naturally attract people who share your values. But that doesn't mean you need to like close the gate to anyone who doesn't, right? But at the same time, it's not that you have to be like preaching that and pushing it on everyone who you're serving in business because that's not the purpose of your business. However, it brings, I guess my point is, let's say you have a photography business. The purpose of your business is not to be a minister, but the purpose you can bring into your business is to minister through the purpose of your business, which is photography, right? And I think that's where we get really mixed up with it all because we think like it either has to be, either I have to be very vocal and talk about it all the time and push it and it be like in my branding or it's not something I should really talk about. It's it's unprofessional. In reality, it's yeah. like, yeah. no, actually, you sh- it should influence the way you live your business it sh- or you, you run your business and the way you live your life. So it should just be obvious. And mm-hmm. what and you should be able to practice what you preach so that when you are vocal about it, as you should be when it's appropriate and organic, like your actions line up with that so people can see that you're living in alignment, you know, and it's not yes. like this confusing thing. Yeah. So anyway, that's no, just 100%. my thoughts on that. Yeah, I, th- I just think there's so much to be said. Like, 
amen to everything you just said, Jordan. And for anyone who's listening to this right now, who's like, well, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I want to be really vocal or if I want to just, you know, like, I don't know, keep it a little bit more internal. And when the Mm -hmm. opportunity approaches, just, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I just want to encourage there is, I do not believe there's a right or wrong way to run a business Mm -hmm. or a personal brand. Mm -hmm. I do not believe that you are more holy if you have, Mm -hmm. you know, God a bit more in the forefront, like Lindsay and I and and Jordan do. And I, I don't think it's that you're less of a Christian or, Mm -hmm. or, less strong in your faith if you choose to keep it a little bit more back burner mm-hmm. and approach you know your business with just scripture as your your back burner and the lord as your mm-hmm. you know your co-ceo like I, mm-hmm. I don't yeah like i don't i don't think one is better than the other i think god calls each of us to different you know opportunities to different businesses, to different brands, and mm-hmm. he will lead you and he will guide you. So if you're mm-hmm. currently sitting there listening and thinking, well, what do I do? What, you know, what mm-hmm. am I supposed to do with my business and my brand? Mm-hmm. Just start praying into it with the Lord and just mm-hmm. see what peace he gives to you. And mm-hmm. I guarantee he will show ex- you exactly what to do. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think we talked about this a little bit when we were at the Heart Conference um, that you guys ran this past spring, because people were asking about this. And you know, something that came to my mind that I shared and that you and I, or the three of us talked about both on stage, but also like just outside of the actual presentation of the conference was just how I think if you simplify all that we're saying down to one simple thing, it's that your faith doesn't have to be a genre or a niche because your relationship with the, with the Lord is a foundation. Not like, Mm -hmm. I think, I think I almost like you have to think of it like vertical versus horizontal, right? So if you're thinking of faith as a vertical, that's treating it as a brand pillar. That's treating it as my business has to fit into this like faith genre. Whereas if you look at it more like a foundation, it's like, what everything you're doing rests on, right? It's it's horizontal. Yes. It's like you're standing on that. Your business is built on that. So it may naturally infiltrate your business and it probably will. But for each of us, that's going to look a little different. For some of us, we're going to be a lot more vocal and it's going to seem a lot more like a ministry. For others of us, it's and it's not that it isn't a ministry if you're not as vocal or you're not like plastering it on the walls, but it's going to take a different shape depending on what we do and how we do it. But I think shifting your mindset from, oh, my faith has to fit into this category, right? Like if you think mm-hmm. of books on a shelf with faith being one of the categories of books, right? And they're all lined up. It's like, no, faith is the shelf that every other category in your life like sits on. And I think when oh, we yeah, can so shift good. our mindset that way, it, it really takes the compl- the complication out of it and it allows it to just be a natural thing. And it, I don't know. I just, I think remembering like it's not a niche that like sits on your shelf. It's, it is the yeah. shelf, you know? That's so good. That's, That's the perfect so way to describe it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think we just get that mixed up a lot. Are you ready to make your first $1,000 from a side hustle? It's possible. I know it's so hard to get started, but once you get that first domino to fall, once you get your first customer and get things going, it's unlimited potential from there. I started with a really small Etsy shop side hustle and turned it into multiple profitable businesses over time. And I want to help you have the opportunity to do the same. So I created a free workshop and inside I am showing you how to earn your first $1,000 so you can get your side hustle off the ground, even if you're not sure what kind of side hustle you even want to do yet. If you want to grab a seat, it's completely free. Just tap the link in the show notes or go to learn.theownitacademy.com slash 1000, The actual numbers don't spell out 1000. Go to that link, grab a seat. It's completely free, but it's only available for a limited time. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. 
Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. I think another question I want to touch on, too, is the money mindset around all of this and making money as a Christian, because I think sometimes there's like this false idea that it's somehow greedy or wrong to seek a profit or to want to have big financial goals or grow a business or scale or ask for a raise or anything like that. So I want to know what you guys would say to those who may struggle with some of this, like, you know, they want to be a servant, they want to make an impact, but the income side of it and maybe like having big financial goals or anything like that just feels icky or they've got a, you know, kind of a limited mindset on that. I would love to hear your response to those feelings. We have 
so many thoughts. <laughs> <Same> <laughs> We're same. like sitting here like giddy. Okay, get ready. Buckle up. <laughs> we have many thoughts. I, I feel like first off, read Proverbs 31 mm-hmm. and like any, any like fear or like insecurity of making money mm-hmm. will be squashed. If you actually read, mm-hmm. it's like, like she clothes it. herself in like purple linen. I don't even know exactly what it says, but mm-hmm. it's like purple is like the, the color of royalty. Linen mm-hmm. is expensive. It's not like she's sitting there in rags. So I think mm-hmm. the first thing it's like, I think we take the idea of being humble, which is obviously yes, mm-hmm. be humble. Mm-hmm. And we take that a little too far, I think, when it comes to making money, because again, we have to remember money is not bad. It's mm-hmm. just a tool right. and it, it can be used for bad or good. And I think, honestly, I believe wholeheartedly Christians should be the people that are going out into the world, making mm-hmm. the absolute most mm-hmm. in the world, because we can use that as a resource mm-hmm. to then bless and like advance God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so I think that mindset that like, oh, we have to be humble. So we have to live in rags and we have mm-hmm. to, you know, not charge what uh, like, what you know, really th- something that could be offensive, mm-hmm. right. Or what it's mm-hmm. really worth is just, is twisted because if you're giving a luxury service, mm-hmm. you should charge luxury prices for it because mm-hmm. that is an exchange of goods and services. That's mm-hmm. fair. And again, like that goes back to the Bible too. And so mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, that's, that's like me approaching the tip of the iceberg. I know Evie has probably many other thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have so many thoughts and I think there's, there's just so much to say when it comes to this topic. And I really think that there are, you know, some very convoluted beliefs around Christians and and money mm-hmm. and wealth. And there's this belief, I think, in, in the church that says that the closer you are to God and the holier you are, the less money you'll have. And it's like, where did that come from? Like, yes, absolutely. I, I don't, I don't think that every single Christian is called to, you know, wealth necessarily mm-hmm. in in a financial sense. God does absolutely call some people to missions and, you know, different different levels of just service of his kingdom. However, I do believe that many Christians, like Lindsay said, if you study the Bible, many, many of the most impactful and influential believers in scripture were those who had resources in their hands where they could serve other people. They could host people. They could pour into, you know, building a temple to the Lord or, you know, all of these things. You look at Solomon in in the Bible who asked for wisdom and then became the wealthiest man in the world. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I think there's like, if anyone's listening to this and I don't, I, we don't really have the time to like unpack this topic for mm-hmm. hours because I could talk about this for hours, mm-hmm. but I would just encourage you like go study scripture with the perspective of, okay, God, I want to learn about your views on money because mm-hmm. God talks a lot about money in scripture. Mm-hmm. He talks about the stewardship of money. He talks about the talents that are given to people and those who actually went and multiplied them and steward them well and, and learned to build wealth with them. Mm-hmm. Those were the ones that he was like, you've been, you know, you've been faithful mm-hmm. and not saying that, you know, Money is the end of everything. It's not, but it is a tool. And it is a tool that as Christians, I believe many of us should be willing to pursue what God's put in front of us, the opportunities to steward them well, to steward our finances well, Mm -hmm. to be fully dependent upon God, to be fully reliant upon God, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, willing to be the vessels that Mm -hmm. His financial favor flows through Mm -hmm. into the world around us. Mm -hmm. And by saying, oh no, you know, I need to be you know, broken in my finances mm-hmm. so that people see God. How how would people see God through that mm-hmm. if every Christian in the world was financially broke? Mm-hmm. That's like, it's mm-hmm. just like a challenge of the status quo in, in the church that 
I kind of want to push on, but I know Jordan, you also probably have thoughts. (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, and it's, it's kind of like, think about, yes, some people are called to be missionaries and live, you know, without, without a whole lot of extra available, but it's Mm -hmm. like, well, somebody has to fund them. Are non-Christians going to fund your missions? Like, no. Yeah. And and God, God also says like, care for the widows and the orphans. Mm -hmm. How can Christians do that if we have no resources? Yeah. Right. If we have no money. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, so I've heard this really helpful metaphor because I think part of the the hang up we get stuck on as Christians and people who've maybe been raised with this mindset of like, well, it just has to be, you know, nothing, you know. I think part of the issue is when we think about wealth or when we think about having resources, we think about accumulating all of it in a bucket. Okay. And I heard this really helpful metaphor was like, here's the deal. As a Christian, it's not about the amount of money that's coming into you. It's that it's really, a, or into, you know, into your life or into your hands. It's really about your response with it. And so you can choose to be a bucket. So if you want to be a bucket, all this money as you make it is just going to accumulate and pile up. And that's not to say you don't have a savings account or anything. The point is like, if you're just like hoarding it and you're living with this fear-based mentality, like, yeah, that's where it gets really unhealthy and really selfish and greedy. Yeah. Right. But this metaphor I heard gosh, I wish I could remember who said it. It was like a small church we went to. And the pastor said, your job is not to be a bucket. It's to be a pipeline. And a pipeline is constantly got water flowing through it and it's sending it to wherever it needs to go. And so if you view yourself as a pipeline with for God's resources, like if you are smart with money, you're going to not just sit there and accumulate all of this like wealth just to accumulate it for no reason, but actually start to view yourself as a pipeline where it comes in and it flows through you and it goes to the, to the purposes that God has for you. Now, I think yeah. a lot of times we hear that and we're like, oh, so like all of it needs to donate to the poor. And if you have an, a decent, like decent car, like that's wrong. No, it's not that you can't have any like enjoyment out of the gift of the resources you have earned. It's just that if you let it just sit there and accumulate and you don't allow God to use it and to and to use it for the purposes of kingdom building, that's when it can get kind of unhealthy, right? That's when it, mm-hmm. you can just have an unhealthy mindset just as much as, you know, a poverty mindset. And and I've also heard that this poverty mindset really isn't necessarily humility. It can also be a false humility. Like, look yeah. at me, look how holy I am. Like, you know, and I yep. think we so it's really like it's not so much about the amount of money that has flowed toward you or to you or into your hands. It's am I living like a pipeline or a bucket and, yep. and and really like is this truly humility or is it a false humility so that I look like a better Christian so that I feel like a yeah. better Christian when in reality like the amount of money you have or don't have yes the Bible says you can't serve two masters but the difference between money being a god and being a tool is very large so if you allow yourself yes. to be a pipeline and money is a tool in your in your life then like that's a very different conversation than if money becomes a God and it becomes your yeah. everything and you're accumulating it in this bucket and like living for the money. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I think I mean, also part of the the mindset mm-hmm. is that we have to remember that money at, in thinking that it's a tool, it's also not ours. All of mm-hmm. it is God's. Mm-hmm. And we are just like, I, I love the pipelining analogy because that's mm-hmm. perfect. It's like literally we are the vessels that are distributing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you go back to scripture too, and it's like the love of money mm-hmm. is the root of all evil, not money itself. Right. And that's, you know, one of the biggest like misconstrued verses. Yep. It's not that money is evil. Mm-hmm. It's that the love of money, the, the idolization of money mm-hmm. becomes the problem. But when you're viewing it, like you're saying, Jordan, as, you know, one of those situations, like, how can I serve? Mm-hmm. How can I bless? How can I, you know, and Lindsay and mm-hmm. I have had so many scenarios in our own walks where God's really, you know, shaken us up and been like, I want you in, you know, your business. Like this Mm -hmm. happened uh, in the last 12 months. So in the last year or so, God really shook us up and was like, I want you to change your financial goals for your business 
within the heart from mm-hmm. your income to how much you're giving. Mm-hmm. Like I want you to shift your goal to your giving goal, not your income goal, which, mm-hmm. which will affect, of course, depending on right. you know how much you're trying to give away. You have to make a certain amount in order to be able to give that away. Mm-hmm. But it was like a huge like, oh, yes, that's right. Like focus shift. It's not mm-hmm. on making the money. It's about giving the money mm-hmm. and you know having that ability to pour into you know adoption funds mm-hmm. or you know like missionary funds or, mm-hmm. you know, church buildings or, or mission buildings or the mm-hmm. poor, or the, you know, whatever that yeah. looks like. It's, it's like that perspective shift. And when you have that perspective shift and your eyes are locked on the Lord mm-hmm. and not on the money, I truly believe. And when you're stewarding the money well, because mm-hmm. your eyes are locked on the Lord and what mm-hmm. he's telling you to do with it. I truly believe that's one of the most powerful things that we can do is just be willing to be available no matter what God calls us to, including Mm -hmm. if that means to steward, you know, finances of any size, Mm -hmm. whether it's $10,000 or $10 million, it doesn't matter. Are you willing to be the pipeline Mm -hmm. for God and not just shut it down and close it down and be like, no, 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 no. God says money Mm -hmm. is bad. I'm never, I'm never supposed to have any as a, as a believer, as someone in business, like why, where did, Mm -hmm. where did that belief come from? And, Mm -hmm. and I know all of us are pretty passionate about kind of like challenging that and Mm -hmm. being like, go study scripture. Cause I guarantee if you study scripture, Mm -hmm. you're going to see it differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. So something else, and I think this is kind of in the same conversation of money. I feel like we could talk about this for so long, but I think we hit the major points, which is most important. But I think similarly to the conversation on greed is I think kind of parallel to that is the conversation on competition and kind of a scarcity mindset, I think is kind of the root of that, especially when it comes to uh, being in business with other females or working with other women, either as business partners or just being in the same space. And, you know, the business space tells us like they're your competition. And I guess technically that could be true, but I think there's a challenge that comes with this too. And I think it's rooted in the same kind of poverty scarcity mindset of like, well, if she gets a good piece of the pie, there's not going to be enough left for me. And I would love to hear how you guys have navigated that as one, women, two, business owners, three, business partners, and four, Christians, just because <laughs> there's a lot there. And I think navigating that usually does have to look different than the world. And it's not that we never run into challenges or insecurities of our own. But I would just love to hear kind of an honest thought from you guys on how you've navigated the highs and lows of being in business with another woman as a partner, but also kind of the the competition scarcity mindset that can sometimes try to seep in when you are trying to build your brand and you see other people or competitors and air quotes kind of doing something similar. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to go back to your identity mm-hmm. and, and who God's made you to be and own that no matter what anybody else is doing. Like put up your blinders and really mm-hmm. focus on you and your business. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Evie and I are like the absolute perfect example of this because we were both photographers mm-hmm. serving a very similar you could argue that we were like the same as mm-hmm. I mean our personalities we were probably are very similar like direct competition mm-hmm. from right. a w- outward perspective. Mm-hmm. Outward perspective, there was no other competitor to me than Evelyn Rupp. Like, but literally, <laughs> like we were serving the same like adventurous elopement mm-hmm. type of brand mm-hmm. and, and clients. We were uh, both, kind of, I mean, because we knew each other, a lot of our audience intermixed. And mm-hmm. so like, we were like arguably the most just competitive you could be as far as like from the outward perspective. Mm-hmm. And like, never once was I like, Oh, Evie just got a wedding client. Oh, those yeah. should have been my, like, no, I never once thought that because I mean, again, and maybe this is more of a photography example, but you could apply this mm-hmm. to, to whatever you do, whatever business you run, mm-hmm. even whatever job you have. In in wedding photography, to be successful or mm-hmm. to thrive in my business and what success felt like to me was to have like 20 to 30 weddings 
a, a year. Mm-hmm. Same for Evie, right? And mm-hmm. and obviously a million people, like I only need 30 of them. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody went with Evie or, or went with me over Evie or whatever, mm-hmm. you have to think of it from, okay, well, she is clearly the better person for that couple, or mm-hmm. I am clearly the better person for that couple. Mm-hmm. And when you actually frame it like that, I mean, even wedding photography aside, even like in business now, mm-hmm. if we get uh, a customer for the heart mm-hmm. or they say, Hey, actually I just purchased, you know, somebody else's course. So I don't have funds, mm-hmm. you know, to purchasing your course or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, that's great. Like mm-hmm. you have to root for everybody's own journey mm-hmm. and like understand that like, you can't just hold people to like a tight clenched fist and be like, no, but mm-hmm. they didn't go with me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think too, what my biggest like thought on this one is that you have to have a goal and a mission beyond yourself. Mm -hmm. Like in everything that you're doing, you have to keep your eyes on the ultimate mission Mm -hmm. from, you know, for Lindsay and I in photography, it was serving and blessing clients so that their wedding day experience, their wedding planning process, their photos were something that would bring them to tears and just bring back all of the emotions and the beauty and the Mm -hmm. holiness of one of the biggest days of their life. And one of the biggest covenants that they will ever step into Mm -hmm. Every single time they would look at their photos, we wanted to just pour out love and blessing and power and, you know, Mm -hmm. everything onto our couples. Mm -hmm. And if a couple chose Lindsay over me, I was like, fantastic. Lindsay is going to serve them like nobody's business. Mm -hmm. And within, you know, our, the Heart University or even our our personal one-on-one coaching or whatever, Mm -hmm. our goal is to see entrepreneurs empowered and thriving and given the tools they need. And whether, you know, somebody goes to another course creator or another business educator or goes to Lindsay for business coaching, one-on-one coaching over me, either way, my heart is fantastic. They are getting served. And I Mm -hmm. just hope and pray that they get so blessed and so empowered Mm -hmm. and just given every tool that they need to thrive. Cause my Mm -hmm. goal is for them to thrive, not Mm -hmm. to pay me, not to Mm -hmm. work with me. You know, Mm -hmm. there are plenty of people that I'm sure will work with Mm -hmm. me. And I think that also leads into abundance mindset, but Mm -hmm. more than anything else, it's like that mission, like Mm -hmm. the eyes on the mission, like our mission statement for the heart is to bring heaven to earth Mm -hmm. through creative business education for Mm -hmm. creative entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And for us, like that's everything, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the mission. That's what we're trying to do. And that Mm -hmm. doesn't like, we're not greedy with like, you must purchase from us. You have to work with us. Like we're just on our mission and, and those who are blessed and empowered by what we're doing, that's Mm -hmm. great. But it's not me against this other business owner. It's not me against Lindsay. It's, all of us working together towards a big goal Mm -hmm. and, you know, keeping your eyes on that, I think is one of the biggest ways to like avoid that trap of, of comparison and competition. Yeah, no, I love that mission. And I totally agree. I think we, we can so focus on looking to the left or right. And like you said, Mm -hmm. it really is an abundance versus scarcity. And I think this applies to so many things in life, you know, whether you're in a single season and all your friends are getting married, it's like, it can feel like, oh, that's one less spouse for me. Like, I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to find my person or whatever you may be waiting on in life or hoping for. And when you are a newer business owner or you're hoping to grow your business and it feels like you're not getting the the, the clients choosing someone else or going a different direction, it can be really disheartening because you're like hoping for that. But at the same time, when you can shift your focus to okay, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to get clients. That doesn't mean, it just means it's yeah. not the right fit. Like that doesn't mean there's something wrong with me. And I think we could, we immediately spiral into, well, they must be better than me. There's something wrong with me. And in reality, mm-hmm. it's like, there's an abundance of like, there's always going to be another, like when I remember when I was um, first married, probably about a year 
my husband and I were looking for our first house and we were living in Arizona at the time and we were like looking at Zillow and we almost put an offer on a, on a house that was like sight unseen. And we were talking to my parents about it because we were like 22 and didn't know what we were doing with our lives. And my dad was like, I, I, we were so convinced that it was like the house for us. And we were like, dad, this is just like the perfect house. And he said, there will always be another perfect house. Like don't mm-hmm. make rush decisions. And that principle I think applies. There will always be another opportunity. Like what's meant for you yeah. isn't going to pass you by. And I think yeah. that is like the belief that it will is the root cause of the jealousy, the competition, the division, the all of the like scarcity feeling that we get when someone else gets the client first or the sale over us or whatever. And I think to a degree that's natural, but kind of coming back to that mindset of like, there will always be another perfect house. There will always be another opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like what's meant for me isn't going to pass me by. And in fact, it's okay to grow slow. Like I might want to grow fast. I might want to get every client that reaches out to me, but that doesn't mean I'm failing or will fail because I don't. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You guys, a couple more questions and then I want to wrap up. I would love to hear what advice you have for those who may be working in a business that doesn't line up with their values or who feels like maybe the the market they're serving no longer lines up with their, with their values as they've grown as a person or as their faith has grown or whatever. If they feel like they're out of alignment, either with the company they're working within or the business they're running in the market they're serving, what advice would you give to them? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a tough question because obviously that scenario could look like a million Mm -hmm. different things. And I feel like the advice that I would give would look different compared to, you know, depending Mm -hmm. on the scenario. But my, my gut, like initial reaction to the, the broad question of Mm -hmm. if you're working for another company or something where the values don't fully align, Mm -hmm. my encouragement would be, you know, just seek the Lord, really Mm -hmm. pray into that because I don't think necessarily just because let's say you're working for a boss who is an extreme atheist and you're a believer. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, their, their belief that there is no God and that, you know, morals or ethics, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, don't come from scripture. And so therefore there is no moral compass, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like, mm-hmm. if that's a situation and you're seeing that pouring into the business itself, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that I would tell you, yes, immediately get out of there, never work with an atheist. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at mm-hmm. the same time, if God's really, if it's, you know, a toxic environment or, you know, God's telling you like, Hey, this isn't where I have you. I actually have you starting your own business, like leave now, you know, mm-hmm. every scenario is going to be different. So my encouragement is just seek the Lord. He will tell you if you are supposed to stay and be the light and really change the atmosphere and where you're working. Mm-hmm. Or if you are supposed to, you know, take a step back and really shift out of that position or that business mm-hmm. or whatever. And then if it's your own business, same thing, like mm-hmm. just seek the Lord and be like, what wisdom do you have for me? What, what steps do you want me to take? Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a tiny little pivot and you just begin, you know, starting to pivot away from your old client base and into kind of a new product or service. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a big entire rebrand or new business and you might want to have a business coach come alongside you. You know, mm-hmm. it, it just depends, but my biggest encouragement is there is the creator of the universe who knows everything, who knows exactly what you should be doing right now, Mm -hmm. just waiting for you to come and ask him. Mm -hmm. And there is so much freedom and joy and peace when you are walking hand in hand with the Lord and just ask, turning to him every time you have a question Mm -hmm. and being like, Abba, what do you have me doing? Mm -hmm. And there is nothing that compares to walking in life and in business with God. So Mm -hmm. if you're, if you're uncertain of what step to take, turn to the Lord, that's Mm -hmm. my biggest recommendation. Yeah. 
That's great. There's nothing I could add to that question. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think, yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, truly. And I, I think sometimes I think one of the biggest things people struggle with is like, well, how do I know what he's saying? Like, I have a hard time. No, like, Mm. like, I'm like, is it my own thoughts? Or is it the Lord? I think when you're confused on that, like, don't be afraid to seek counsel. Sometimes God speaks through other people. So if you have trusted mentors in your life, or a pastor or a business mentor, or someone who, you know, you trust and and can help you kind of sift through maybe some of the thoughts you're having and determine like what aligns with scripture, what aligns with with where I feel like the Lord's leading me versus what might be my own fears or ideas or whatever. um, That's also really helpful in discerning that like it's right in line with that's how you seek the Lord. Sometimes it's not like he's going to send like this. I think sometimes we expect like he's going to put this big message across the sky. And sometimes, <laughs> and sometimes I've heard it said, and I don't know if you guys have ever heard this, but I've heard it said that sometimes like God leads from the front where it's just like blatantly obvious what we need to do. And it gets more and more obvious as time goes on. And other times he leads from behind where it's like, Hey, you've got two options here and either are yeah. fine. Just honor me in either one. Like, I think we overthink it yeah. sometimes too. And so that's where I think when you feel like the Lord may be leading from behind and there's a couple of options where either one can have pros and cons and you're really confused and you don't know which one he's really t- like, sometimes it's not as crystal clear. That's where I think mm-hmm. seeking counsel and getting some like input, you know, from people that you trust that are, you know, more advanced in their faith, more advanced mm-hmm. in their career, et cetera, can be really, really helpful as well. Yeah. I feel I like, that. I feel like he often, it, maybe for me, I feel like he often speaks from behind more than in front. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, come on, give yeah. me a sign. I need one. I know. It's <laughs> like, can no, we just, can we just get it really clear, please? Yeah. And then, well, that's why I want to add that. Cause I'm like a hundred percent agree. Practically though, I think sometimes we're like, yeah, but how do I discern what's what? Because I have a lot of my own thoughts and feelings and it can get really muddied. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think yeah. seeking counsel and like making sure it aligns with the word is helpful because I think that's where like a lot of Christians, like they might be faced with a decision of like, do I work with this company or that company? And in reality, both decisions are relatively neutral. Like one is not immoral, yeah. right? But if yeah. our heart is feeling tugged toward one or the other, or we feel like it's sometimes God's like, either one's fine, just honor me in both, you know, and that's as much guidance as he gives. And so that's where it's really helpful to kind of discern like, okay, well then what feels most aligned and what feels yeah. like the next right step? And how do I, how do I make sure that I'm making a really integrous decision? And that's where I think seeking counsel is kind of a helpful added step to that approach. Yeah. 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 And I, I just want to tag on to that too, really quick for me mm-hmm. personally, like seeking counsel is, is huge. Mm-hmm. And within even seeking counsel, whether you are, you know, just, you know, not seeking counsel or seeking counsel, either mm-hmm. way, I just want to, like, there is a piece that is one of my biggest like guiding factors. And mm-hmm. it doesn't, peace does not mean that everything around me is still, it means that regardless of what's happening around me, my mm-hmm. spirit feels like, I just feel like, okay, like it's mm-hmm. a, it's a deep breath. There's, mm-hmm. there's not like a, a t- knot in my stomach. There's mm-hmm. not like difficulty breathing. There's not like, oh my gosh, I, I, I don't, I don't, you know, thinking about this company, I, I just feel like, like I can feel like a tension. Mm-hmm. And when I think of the other decision, the other option, I feel like a release and I'm like, okay, that to me is typically the Holy spirit, like mm-hmm. giving me that internal peace. So that's a big indicator for me as well. And when, mm-hmm. you know, when talking with those mentors, mm-hmm. if they, you know, are discussing something and you notice yourself tensing up mm-hmm. and then they say something else and you feel yourself kind of like give a slight release mm-hmm. and being like, oh, okay. Like a, I, it feels like a deep breath or a, mm-hmm. a sip of cold water on a hot day, whatever that mm-hmm. feeling is for you. Mm-hmm. That's often a big, you know, indicator of like a Holy yeah. Spirit nudge for you. And, and that's just something that I've in talking with friends, I've been like, Oh, you, you know, some of us don't know to, to think of that, that mm-hmm. some of us don't realize that that's actually often a big indicator of what the Holy Spirit's telling us. Yeah. So like, I just wanted to throw that out there. To yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. I love that. I, 
I think the the last thing I would add to kind of end this question out mm-hmm. is I, I often when I'm having like decision paralysis and being mm-hmm. like, hey, is God in this or is God not in this? Does mm-hmm. he want me to leave? Does he want me to stay? Like, what does he want me to do? And kind of that that conversation that we're having of just like, hey, maybe you do both like mm-hmm. or you do either and honor him with that or mm-hmm. with either. I often picture this like like maze, almost like you're looking at this maze from a bird's eye view. And I always mm-hmm. envision it like a fairy tale world where there's a castle at the end, kind of like Candyland, but with like a bunch of trails, not just one. <laughs> and and there's a castle at the end. And like, that's like, you could, you could say that's like God's purpose for you is the mm-hmm. castle. Right. And so you're mm-hmm. on this maze and this trail. And we think that there is like one trail that goes mm-hmm. to the castle. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as you're honoring the Lord with your life, I think it's like, if there's a maze, there's many paths that you can take to get to the castle. Mm-hmm. It's not just one. And I think often Christians think like, oh my gosh, especially if you like graduating college or just graduating high school or figuring out what you want to do with your life. I think we think, okay, wait, if I become a nurse, like, oh no, that's out of God's plan for me. Mm-hmm. Or if I become like an entrepreneur, like, oh no, is, does he want me to? I don't know. And it's like, mm-hmm. I think God gives us so much more freedom than that yeah. than just to be like, you have to do one thing for the rest of your life or make this decision. And if mm-hmm. you don't make this decision correctly, then, oh, you're out of Uh, you're out of my favor, like forever. And it's like, no, he's bigger than that. Yeah, totally. I think we get, we really try to shrink God into a box when we think that way. Yeah. And it's like, I think he is in the details, but I think we also really overthink a lot of the details. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I completely agree. You guys, I have loved this conversation. I feel like this has been so needed and so important, regardless of someone where someone may be professionally or whether they're at the very beginning of starting a business or thinking about starting a business or are already several years in. Just I think this is a really key conversation because there's a lot of, I think, confusion and misconceptions and heart issues that kind of feed some of these issues that we have with how do I incorporate incorporate my faith and how do I handle it when there's this competition, et cetera. So I am so thankful for everything you guys have shared just so openly and candidly. I would love if you can just wrap us up by telling us where everyone can learn more from you and check out all the resources you have available. Yeah, absolutely. For The Heart, you can find us on Instagram at The Heart University or theheartuniversity.com. You can also listen to our podcast, The Heart and Hustle Podcast. Jordan's been on it like freaking 5 million times. I don't even know. <laughs> um, so, so uh, yeah, you, we love you. And love you for, guys. that's for The Heart. For us individually, you can find me on Instagram at Mrs. Lindsay Roman. And then I'll hand it over to Evie. Yeah. And you can find me on Instagram at Evie Rupp. So come awesome. hang with us. If you listen to this and want to send us a DM, we just, we love chatting with people. We yes. love, you know, connecting. So don't hesitate to send us a DM. We'd love to hear from you. Awesome. You guys, thank you for being here. This has been so much fun. Thanks for oh, having us. been like the best girl chat. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less.
sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.